This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Rayon from Business Solver. We're going to be actually talking about a report that they've done. This is their third time that they've done this report, so it'll be actually really interesting. It's actually called, titled the My Choice Recommendation Engine Benefits Insights Report. So that's a mouthful, but Ray will break that down for us and explain what that means. Uh, so without any further ado, uh, Ray, would you introduce both yourself and Business Solver? Sure, sure. Uh, thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. Sure. Ray Shanahan, um, Chief Strategy Officer at Business Solver. Um, been here for 21 years. So part of the organization going from around 10 employees to over 1,200. And it's been quite a ride, let me tell you that. Um, business Solver. So um, we have a product called Benefit Solver. So we're a technology company. We created our Benefit Solver technology really to um, help help connect employees with their employee benefits. Um, and then and then we built a service team around that. And you know the platform has grown and expanded. And, and we continue to focus on delivering um, benefits technology with the right level of service and support to um, employers throughout the country. Well, you and I could talk because I've, I've been in the benefits in and around the benefits world for, I, you know, at one point in your life, you stopped talking about the years that you've done something. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've, if you've reached this, this magical moment, but uh, you just say for, for a long time. That in Decades. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plus, just whatever the plus is. Um, and I know that you've seen a lot of things uh, come and go and, and fads, uh, et cetera. So let's, let's talk about this this third report so a when you went into it obviously you had cool baseline with the first two reports um what did you learn that kind of validated things that you already knew like yeah okay that seems reasonable and then and also the opposite of that is what what shocked you what came out of the data that you went huh sure so I'll take a step back and talk about why why it's called a recommendation engine versus decision support. Right. Um, so back in, I think we launched My Choice Recommendation Engine actually in 2015. Um, we'd had a traditional decision support tool that was part of our platform where we asked about how many prescriptions, how many times you go to the doctor, you know, all, just really, really very boring and basic things. And, and it was really meant to drive a cost-related decision. Right. And did quite a bit of behavioral research and found that, you know, benefits, yes, the right people want to pay the right price. However, they have an extremely low risk tolerance. So we went out to, um, we created a, the recommendation engine tool really is a combination of both um, how I feel about my benefits and then what my financial and my risk tolerance is. And so, you know, we, our, our whole premise is that too much choice is too much. Um, most employers offer far too many benefit options and employees are overwhelmed. You know, I think Barry Schwartz um, did some good research on, on, you know, the paradox of choice. 
the second thing is, you know, we're validating that employees don't want to shop for employee benefits. They spend a heck of a lot more time picking out their pair of shoes or um, for sure right now planning their, their next trip than they do um, uh, selecting their benefits. And then, you know, a third thing is um, people are, are you know, they're, since they're intimidated by their benefits, they tend to stay with the same benefits year over year. Mm-hmm. And 93% of employees stay with the same benefits. And, you know, our, our whole goal is to help people get into the right plan so they do not um, worry about that throughout the year. So just looking at that alone, is that fear of change or is it um, <laughs> that they're, they don't think that their audience has changed all that much? And so there really isn't a need to change or is it uh, other factors like costs, like the, you know, like I wonder why that, that's a, that's a high number. Why, right. why, why doesn't that seem more reactive to kind of what people want? And if that's changing. Well, you know, I'll, I'll share that benefits are intimidating by the very language of benefits. Yeah. What is an, yeah. You know, what does STD mean to a 23 year old versus hospital indemnity, um, critical illness, um, you know, they're, they're, it's all very, very intimidating. And so right. when people are faced with that kind of, um, you know, intimidation, they'll, they'll try to stay safe. And it's just easier sometimes to not make a choice and let it roll versus, um, you know, make a change and, and enroll in something that, that they're not confident about. What do, what do, what are kind of new entrants into the market? You know, let's say people under 30, just kind of keep it, keep it general. Um, what, what benefits do they care about that are a little bit different than what you've seen in years past? Um, we're, we're seeing that um, employees, especially in that, in that generation Z, um, you know, they're, they're, they're saddled with lots of bills, student mm-hmm. loans, and, you know, thinking about, they don't really leave their parents' benefits until after age 26. So, you know, they, they really aren't, aren't, aren't prepared for it when they're coming off their employee benefits. And so the education of those folks, because they may not have understood anything that they had under their parents, and now they're out under their own, um, you know, they're, they, they need a, a good tool to help them understand just what do, what, what's in that employee benefits menu and, and why, should it, why should it matter to them? You know, they've been blissfully, um, you know, covered through, again, through that age 26. Right. And, and now, now they've got to look at things. And again, that is intimidating. I, I, it's intimidating for all of us. The first time you have to kind of go and do that bit, you get, you get the packet and then the packet, it's like <laughs> litten. It's like literally litten, uh, written in Latin and you don't understand any of the terms. It's just easier to close the folder and go, eh, yeah, it'll work out. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, the other thing is, um, and I know that you do, you know, a lot of this is about, about, you know, your podcasts are a lot about recruiting. Um, You know, it is extremely important. Benefits are part of the total compensation. And then when you look at employers' websites and the way they describe their benefits as part of that total compensation, very little real estate is devoted to benefits in the, in the recruiting process. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, uh, I'm glad you uh, you hit on that, and it's usually really kind of cut and copy stuff, uh-huh. right? And it's that's, there's nothing unique. It doesn't really like speak to what companies are, especially the innovative companies that are doing really really cool stuff there. That that that's actually an opportunity to show a differentiator and show, hey, we're we 
we we also innovate in benefits. Here's some of the things. All that standard stuff. Yeah, we yeah we got all that. Right. Here's some of the extra things that we do that that uh, that you would enjoy as uh, as being a part of the team. Totally. And so, you go. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. And I was just going to add on to, you know, add on to that is um, we, you know, our, our clients that are on our platform, they'll have anywhere from 16 to mid 20 number of different point solutions that they offer in their benefits pl- program. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, oftentimes spending $25 per employee per month on all of those different um, on all those different programs. And, and, and it's, and they're not getting to your point, they're not getting credit for it. And I think they have a great opportunity to better market those, um, to, to new hires and also educate their current hires on just what they have. So that if they're tempted to get, take another job for another 5k, which granted, I mean, $5,000 is a lot of money, but you know, it could be definitely overshadowed by, um, their change in employee benefits that, that are being offered at that, that new employer. Oh, simple, simple things like deductibles and and uh, different di- changes in your pharmacy that uh, that you can burn through a five thousand dollar raise. Which, by the way, five thousand dollars once it's taxed isn't five thousand right. uh, dollars. But but I want to kind of get your take on how how you give advice to HR leaders and and benefits leaders and total rewards leaders. I guess when you're when you're interacting with them on how they kind of garner. What are the needs and uses, you know, that our employees are going through right now? And I'll, and I'll tell you where this is coming from. Uh, with everything that happened in 2020, <laughs> murder hornets, to coronavirus, to presidential election, and keep going. Um, everyone's talking about mental health now, which, thank God. So how does, you know, now, now let's just say that that's happening more, more frequently. How does a company keep? keep up with the times and keep up with what are their employees actually need and what are they going to use? Ooh, so how long do you have? All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to take a step back and, and I want to talk about the first part of the question. And then sure. I want to get into mental health because it is something that we right. as an organization are extremely passionate about as well. So let's start first with when you talk about the, the CHROs, the benefits managers, the HR people, who, who do they talk, who comes to them to talk about their employee benefits? It's not people that say, hey, I went to the emergency room last night and my benefits card worked. Or it's not the people that say, hey, my deductible, I mean, my, uh, my employee deductions for my benefits were right. It's the, pe- they only hear from the people that have, that, that are struggling, don't understand them and, right. and complain, right? So it's kind of like the anchoring effect. So play a game with me. Um, so is the population of Uzbekistan greater or fewer than 12 million? Fewer. So just jot down a number. (laughs) How many people you think are in Uzbekistan? 9 million. Well, thanks for playing. (laughs) And And you lose. (laughs) Actually, 28 million. I lost by a factor of three. Nice. I only bring this up again. Thanks for playing is we've got to get out. You know, one of my favorite books is a book called you are not so smart. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) and you just, you know, you know, you just showed what the anchoring effect really has on people. And, and when our, so back to the first part of this, 
when all the HR people hear is from people complaining about their employee benefits, sometimes they may be anchored that the general population should, you know, behaves the same way. And that's probably not right. So I'd say it's time for, for the folks in the benefits world to, you know, step out from assuming that employees don't understand their benefits and don't want to understand their benefits and really say, how do we help them embrace them and access them and use them in a better manner? Um, so, you know, that's the first part. Right. And, you know, then I, no, go ahead. No, no. Now let's pivot to uh, mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody that I've suffered from depression and, and I'll tell you, um, Me too. want, I, I've, I've made it my mission that I want it to be okay to talk about it. And I want, um, I think employers have a great opportunity to, to make it okay. And, you know, it starts with many of our employee benefits are very rich as it relates to mental health, but very few people are really accessing them. Um, and, and, you know, now is the time, especially with May being mental health month, what a great opportunity for employers to really highlight their employee benefits that are not, you know, that are for the mental health as well as well-being of the employees. And the demand for those benefits is going up. And, um, you know, you, you'll be seeing something from us again in about a, in a, in a couple of weeks. We also do an annual empathy study. And, um, and, and, you know, we talk about what benefits are seen as empathetic. And, you know, there's a continued growth in the focus of mental health benefits are part of working for an empathetic employer. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so a hundred years ago, there was a leadership and benefits conference that first started up. And uh, I was actually one of the, the keynote speakers. And I opened, <laughs> this is Dale, right out of Dale Carnegie. I opened with this, a line where I basically said, when we say something is a benefit and people don't consume it, it's actually not a benefit. <laughs> yep. So, so the game of benefits is actually a game of consumption. It's a game of usage, a game of adoption. So how do we train people? How do we get people to consume the benefits that we call benefits? And uh, not a lot of people like that speech, but the point still being is that <laughs> I, I wasn't that. quite boot off. I wasn't quite boot off stage. <laughs> However, I wasn't asked back. Uh, and a good friend of mine shared the conference. So, you know, anyhow, so, so when we look at benefits now, and I know you look through the lens of, okay, what are people using? What are they consuming? How are they consuming? All of those types of things. I want to ask you a question about remote employees. Uh, and remote's not new. Uh, however, you know, March 13th of last year, we all had to go remote on yeah. the same day, which was nice. Um, what do you see from your, your vantage point in terms of benefits enrollment and benefits consumption? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, March thir Friday, March thirteenth to, to Monday, March sixteenth. Um, yeah, that was that was certainly an interesting time. Um, you know, so so the way that we see it is, um, it the the need for available, accessible tools is is more important than ever. It's one thing to just enroll and select benefits, but it's also then how do I navigate and activate and utilize my benefits. And so having a very, very strong mobile, um, mobile first solution is extremely important. Um, having AI 
available to employees is very important. Um, I, I remember reading a book not too long ago. Oh, what was it called? Um, the heart. It was something about, um, ah, I'll remember the name later, but that, but that the key thing was that employees are oftentimes more open with AI than they are with people. Um, I think the guy did a study about um, people that had PTSD. They were more open to sharing their true feelings um, with, with AI versus with a real person. So where I'm going with this is, you know, um, employers, again, back to the anchoring effect, don't underestimate your employees' desire to want to understand their benefits, use their benefits, and rely on technology to help them navigate. They do it in other parts of their life, so why wouldn't they do it in benefits? Right, right. What are some of the most innovative uh, clients or, or customers of yours? What are they doing in terms of benefits that kind of set them apart? You don't have to name names. It's just, yeah. just what are they doing that's, that sets them apart in terms of how they innovate in benefits? So they're, they're, they're learning to channel their inner marketing. Um, HR people are in marketing and um, utilizing um, like we have a we have a group called Studio B. And what we've done with some of our, our really innovative clients is we've mapped the employee experience, not again, knowing that that sometimes our HR people can be biased, um, not in a bad, you know, not trying to say anything bad because I was for a former I'm a, I'm a former <laughs> HR person. Recovering. 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 Yes. But, but really, really mapping that entire benefits journey for an employee all the way from how they're recruited to how they're onboarded to to once they're on board, what are, are all the different sources of communication coming to them? Like I said before, if there are anywhere from 18 to 25 different point solutions that an employer has, every single one of them wants that employee to download their app, send them emails. And so again, being bombarded by all that, the employees in the end continue to be overwhelmed. So the innovative employers are the ones that realize that they need to have a very strong user experience study done so that they can understand that journey that their employee has all the way from onboarding to selecting to utilization and then, and then ongoing education and then really simplifying that um, maybe not spending quite as much money on all those different point solutions, but let's put, let's really focus on what are, where are we going to get the biggest bang for our buck across our population? So again, innovation is around that truly that employee experience. So a part of that, and is this is years past, but the people, the benefits leaders would do kind of pulse surveys um, and they, they would use kind of a simple model, stop, start, continue, you know, just kind of getting an understanding in a more real time instead of once a year, twice a year, more real time understanding of what people really liked and enjoyed and, instead of just all that negative. Cause I, I really like the way you've, you put that because you're right. You, you, the phone calls you receive in HR are usually when something's going, going haywire. Um, is there a better model now to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what people either are looking for, need, or what, what, they, what we should anticipate that they need, et cetera? Yeah. Um, well, selfishly, I'd say that um, if, if, a, if, a, if a employer is using our platform with the MyChoice recommendation engine, they do get, um, they have full analytics to be able to see um, really the, the sentiment of their population. And, you know, one, one of the funny things, I shouldn't say funny, because this is really, I'm, this worries me. Right. Um, so 63% of people 
that answered their migrates recommendation engine questions say they're in good health, which we all know across our population in the U.S., that's overly optimistic, right? <laughs> and then, and then, but fifty-one percent of them say that that they or a family member have a history of heart failure, stroke, cancer, and so that showed you right there the dichotomy in the mindset, and what a great opportunity for that employer to be able to personalize um, the communication, personalize the outreach, to be able to educate those different pockets, and you know this real-time kind of data about their, the answers to their employee questions, um, you know, allows, allows our employers to be um, not just waiting for that once a year kind of a survey, like you pointed out, but really staying, um, staying in touch with, with the sentiment of the employees. I love that. So three things left. One is I just did a, a 23andMe DNA test. Yeah. Do you think there's a future oh. in, in terms of kind of understanding what's going on, especially the health side of DNA, not the, not necessarily the genealogy part of DNA. (laughs) Although I do that too. Uh, But, but really the health part of it, do you think that there's a kind of a a way to pull that data out and to also understand our employee populations that way? You know, this is, this is one where um, if we, if we just eliminate our biased brains and we say, and we assume what I call positive intent, Right. And we have trust. Right. It would be the right thing to do. It would be we could tailor we could tell tailor healthcare programs. We could tailor um, solutions for employees. I think the fine line though is that trust. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, I think even if you know even if we were to have that kind of trust in here, I'm, I'm afraid that there'd be um, a dichotomy. There, you know, some employees maybe may feel like it's too big brother. And I just, I wish that we could find a way to get there because it, it could really help. Um, it could help people um, be proactive in their, in their, in their health rather than reactive. I love the way you said that. First of all, the trust, but it's just the highly personalized. You could tailor something specifically to that individual, which I really love. The, uh, the state of HSAs. Yeah. Where are we at right now? Um, you know, what, what we found you know, we, we were also at an HS, we have a, we, we have a consumer accounts platform. And um, what we're finding is if we can get people to have enough in their HSA to cover their deductible, then, mm. then it can help people get into truly a high deductible health plan is really the right thing for most people once they can get that balance in their HSA. And so I'm passionate that, that we need to keep growing those HSA balances um, because it will also help educate. It does help educate the consumer a bit more. So if we can just get them to get that first amount covered, um, get those balances high enough, then we can help, help them f- have less fear of the unexpected expenses. I love that. Okay. Thank you. Because the HSA is, is something that I've always want to keep my, my finger on to understand where people are uh, and what, and, and consumption, how people are using them. Okay. So this might just be a William thing, not just a third person, but uh, like I take a lot of, I take a lot of vitamins and supplements and also, you know, <laughs> Wellbutrin and Prozac and all kinds of other shit. Um, do your customers ever, wonder about the interactions about all the things that they might be consuming? Like, is there a way 
to figure that out like you know again if you're taking i'm just looking over fish oil or, yeah. or whatever you're taking is there a way to kind of do they do you get anyone do your customers ask for this and really is what i'm trying to figure out is am i is it just a me thing or is this other people worry about uh the interactions between medicines Whew. wow that's a good one <laughs> i well, my mind's going in circles on this one you know i could I can't say that people have asked for, for that, William, but okay. I, I, that's, again, oftentimes they don't, they wouldn't, they don't always know what they need. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, we never would have come up with our, our Sophia, our virtual benefits assistant, if, if it would have been clients just asking us for something. So I kind of like that. That'd be kind of a cool tool for an employee to say, hey, because, you know, you know, there's all these claims Warehouses, right. one of our clients is, you know, one of our um, affiliations of the company called Benefit Science. And, yeah. you know, they, they get all of the claims data. But to your point, they don't know all this other stuff that they're using. And and so that that's an interesting thing. Huh? I, would, I would love to know that. I mean, seriously, just to know, to be able to plug in and say, okay, let me pick up a bottle. What in the hell is this? D3. <laughs> so I'm taking... <laughs> I'm taking, uh, uh, looks like about 400 milligrams of that. Okay. That sounds fantastic. I'm sure somebody told me I needed to take that. Okay. So I made that recommendation, took it, take it. And I take a bunch of stuff like that. At one point, your body can only, your, your liver, your pancreas can only right. consume so much of whatever you're, you're taking. And you also might have adverse impact. And uh, so again, could be just a William thing. <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. And, and, you know, especially with the legalization of, of marijuana and, you know, no, you know, what, what about those chemical effects of different things? And then, you know, you think about nobody's really honest about how much they consume from an alcohol standpoint That's right. and, and, you know, make giving them a tool that truly guys just be honest. If you drink three glasses of wine a day, just say I drink three, not one, say three, because that's the only way you're really going to know if you're honest about the things you're taking and you're honest about how you feel. That's how we can really help help people get through these things. So I love it. See, my friends that drink wine, I I don't really drink wine. um, They'll say that they'll drink three glasses, but I've noticed that the glasses get larger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean like like when they whip out the glasses i'm like that's not really a, that's more of a pitcher than a glass but eh, whatever you know no judgment i'll just have a martini i'll have a martini so if that's the way you're going to judge your three out your three glasses oh, that's actually a bottle all right no worries no judgment all right. It. So, Ray, we're going to link out to uh, the report so that folks can okay. uh, download this and, uh, and and consume it and learn from it. Um, I want to thank you uh, for carving out some time uh, to kind of break things down and to talk a little bit about benefits. Of course. And, you know, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, just, uh, um, you know, I think you're doing some great things out there and I appreciate you allowing us a voice today. Hundred percent. When you do your empathy study again, let's mm-hmm. make sure to, to revisit that. I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, and thanks to everyone for listening to the Recruiting Daily podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. dot <laughs>